Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Hello, it's on. Hi, family. If you can start finding your way, these lights are so bright. Hi, now I can't see any of your beautiful faces. Um, This is our beloved team. If we haven't met you yet or you haven't joined us at a monthly gathering, I'm Alex. This is Shannon, Gregory, or Greg, most people call him Greg, Annie, Kay, and Mark. Um, And we're here because we, we A, love this community, so we're here. Um, And B, um, beloved is coming to an end as a ministry. So, oh, I really wanted more like, oh. Thank you. Um, It's not super sad. We're all mostly wearing black in mourning, but that's before us. Not in planned, but we know each other well enough that we um, experienced that when we walked in. Um, If you aren't familiar with Beloved, we gathered once a month at the Singleton's home, and we just invite the Lord to be with us, and every month is a little bit different. Every month has a different group of people. Um, And we're going to walk you through what it has been. I think sometimes um, endings are sad or upsetting or they feel like, well, what's happening? Why? That's really good. Keep going. And we just really felt the Lord asking us to um, transition over to what the bigger goal of the church is doing. So we've talked about community groups and we just feel like this is the right transition and the right uh, baton handing off process for us. We all have different life things going on. Um, Oh, what I didn't say was we also have two other people who have already moved. So Valley Singleton and Mark Vandervenet, who in some way, shape, or form have been on this stage with us too. They've moved on for um, other things out of the city, but they're very much still part of our family and our tech stream and know what's happening and still connected to us as City Beautiful. So there's uh, two more people plus us. There's no room on the stage. Um, Anywho, so we just want to walk through some of the fun things that Beloved has been. Yeah, I can't see them, so now I have to turn around. Um, So we started in summer of 2014 out of various conversations that just were coming up individually for us, and we had our first retreat in October, and then we launched our monthly gatherings in February. So a total of three retreats in four years, which for any of you who plan things, that's a significant amount of work, Um, and the Lord really saw us through it all with either finances or space and home, and even those of you who have participated have really experienced what um, those spaces of intentional unplugging and connection with the Lord look like. So all of our retreats were three days, and uh, it's a lot of energy. We feel we feel it, but we also carry that on with us as we move forward. And we had approximately 30 gatherings within a year, with four years. I can't math, and um, which means about 600 people from our community and outside of our community joined us in the Singleton's home. That's a lot of people to have in anyone's home in any given time. So we're just really thankful for that. And the really fun thing is, lots of coffee was served. And if you went there and partook in coffee, it was decaf. We didn't know until two years in. Annie was like, it's, no, she didn't tell us. Mark found out. She was putting a bag of decaf away, and we were like, what? And we're like, well. Well, it's because if people asked me, then I could say, yeah, it's decaf, so everyone can partake. Right? Right. Yeah, Yeah, we just didn't know. As a team, we didn't know. (laughs) 
we drank it. Oh, what's happening? Oh, only one at a time. I see. Great. We'll just be loud. So those stats are really great and exciting, and we can just sit here and look at them as numbers. But the reality is that those are stories. Those are lives changed and people who experience the Lord um, in different ways, even us. And so numbers are great, and they help us set measurements. But the real truth about it is that we did this because the Lord asked us to. And so there are some really sweet uh, lives that have been changed. Number one are the Central Care Mission guys. So I don't know if you guys have been around, but they we partner with Central Care Mission and have partnered with them for a several years and they are a like drug and rehab center of, of for men and they came monthly they were there before we opened the doors and were ready with their decaf coffee and ready to hang out and just really experience and some of the most amazing experiences and miracles and healings that we witnessed was with them because they uh, were ready to receive and ready and it was just really sweet for us to see people who are coming out of this really hard time that most of us on the team don't have experience with but some of us do um, to be able to walk alongside them and really say, Lord, like use this time and use this space to meet them, which has been really sweet. Um, another one, I don't need this anymore because the Lord is giving me all the updates, great, um, is that Mark Vandervenet during our first retreat had a really radical life-changing encounter with Dan, who um, we met because of Ryan, was down in here, and it's just really sweet to see what that did to his life and how it pivoted who he was, even within our team and his story and um, a name that the Lord gave him that we remind ourselves of, and it just comes up regularly, so that was really sweet. Um, and then another really special moment for us is that we got to see a whole new family formed. So we're a family. We got to see a whole nother family formed, which was Mark and Shannon, who are not sitting next to each other, but they got married almost a year ago. Um, and a lot of that was, um, so we meet once a month as beloved, like a ministry, and then we would gather in between those times as a family. And so a lot of that just spurred by choosing in and spending time with one another. So we got to celebrate that. And that's just really fun to watch your friends get married and then like just hang out. So, um, there we are. Yay. Look at that lovely bunch. Um, so yeah, so that's a little bit of where um, what Beloved has been. Um, and if you didn't get to join us, it's not like you missed anything because we're connected as a community here to that. So I don't want you to feel like you're, you've missed out because the Lord is still doing great stuff here and we're just a part of that. Hey guys. <clears throat> so kind of building off of what Alex is saying, Beloved has been a ministry, it's been um, a place that we have retreats, we have monthly um, worship gatherings, but more than that, um, it's been a family, and th that's what we are. We feel like we're family, um, right? Yes, Okay. <laughs> I affirm that. Thank you. Um, but, so, we were talking last Sunday when we were talking about what we wanted to say to you guys, and how we why we feel so strongly that this is the right time as we, as a community, transition into community group. Um, did I say the right term? Okay. <laughs> Language. But, um, yeah, so the reason this was a successful, amazing four years of our lives that changed our lives um, is because we chose into each other. Um, and that's something that, as we talked last Sunday, we sat down as a team, we ate pizza, we went to Lazy Moon, um, and that was the theme that kept coming from each person as they would talk about why this was successful and what even success means in church culture, right? Um, this was successful because we, indiv each individual, looked at the whole of this, this group of people and we said, I choose into this family over what 
it, this should look like or what the system could be or the structure of this. So people over structure or systems. And I think that is just um, my biggest takeaway from being a part of this incredible family is um, there's a tremendous amount of freedom when we lay down our pride of what we think um, church should look like or a, a ministry should look like. Our, our ministry, and some of you will know this, has changed a million times in four years. It does not look like what it looked like last year or the year before that or the year before that. It just always was changing, but we stayed in it. And we grew too. We changed a lot, but we chose into each other. And I just think that that is the fruit and the success. And that's actually why we think it's an amazing opportunity to kind of pass that baton to community groups now where you guys can literally join into what we what we practiced for four years that has, I mean, I got married, so it worked. It was awesome for me, but I don't know about you, babe. But, um, but yeah, so I just wanted to say that. And then um, I, I just, that idea of people over structure or how things should be has been very life giving. Um, and I think the rest of these guys are going to talk about different ways that that was a, a really beautiful opportunity. So yeah, I just want to share something very tangible that we did um, that made what Alex and Shannon have talked about a reality. Um, I think sometimes we can fall just slightly short of investing enough to make this happen to make family happen, but um, so we had, I know we had a retreat and we had, um, we were kind of in our rhythm of our monthly gatherings and I think we just looked at a, looked around at each other and like we knew Shannon was an only child and Mark grew up on a farm and we knew these little things, but did we really know one another? And so we took about, I want to say about six weeks or so, and, and Mark Vanderbernay and my daughter Valley were part of this. We took about six weeks and we literally took a night, sometimes two of us on a night, and we shared our story with our group. And it was everything from, yes, I am an only child, but this is what it was like living in my home. This is how I felt when I was around my dad. This is what it was like in elementary school. I was popular, I wasn't. This was, and it was like all the, the ups and downs of your life literally went from being born and what it was like to be in your life to preschool, I mean, whatever you wanted to share. And it also gave us an opportunity when Mark Vanderbernay told us about his dad passing away and how that, what that meant to him. We, well, what did it mean to your brother? What was your relationship? It was very interesting. And if you've not had the opportunity to share your story with people in a safe environment, it does amazing things for your soul. And then also for the people around you, you become family. And I think what it does is, I think we would, we definitely would say, hey, we love each other, but we became endearing to one another. And those little things about one another, even things that are like, why would they do that? Well, you start to understand why they might do that. And so I think that was one of the things that was so transformative in us as a family and also as a ministry as we served others. So, so Greg and I, when we met with this team first, we were at Credo. And actually, I think it was the first time I met Shannon, um, which is so funny. But... Um, we were just talking about this thing, Beloved, that they have an idea about, and um, Greg was actually the one who said it, which when your spouse says something and you haven't like talked about it before, <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, we were sitting there, and Greg said, he said, I think we could have the retreat at our house. 
It's like, yeah, I think we could do that. Um, and it wasn't a feeling of like being against it, but I was just apprehensive. I was unsure of what would that look like. But that has literally changed my life, having that retreat in our home. Um, and it has changed the way I view our space, our home itself. Um, there's something incredible that happens, and my encouragement to you today in moving into this community group idea is host, host, host. Have people at your house as much as you can. When people come and gather and sing, and they invite the presence of the Lord, it resounds in the walls of your home. And for years to come, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Greg and I are gonna receive the blessing of hosting. <laughs> Our walls are blessed. I, the time that we've spent with people and the healings that we've experienced, those walls got to see that. That was in our home. So my encouragement to you in that today is just as, as you're thinking about or you're thinking, oh, should I or whatever, release anything you have about your space as far as like what does it look like or what would it be. These guys know when they walk in my house, they can move any piece of furniture. They can remove anything off the walls. They can move carpet. They can roll things up. They can put things back. They're welcome in any cabinet in my kitchen. And I'm telling you, that is transformative. And that creates something between people when you share that. So that's my encouragement to you just in moving forward. Um, so for those of you who may be on the fence or who are in a community group and you're not super sure what you've gotten yourself into, <laughs> I'm gonna sort of, a, just a gift of like what you can have is, it's gonna be really hard. I'm gonna say it up front, love and community is hard, but it is so worthwhile. Valley, who's not here, she and I have gone to each other's houses and took naps in each other's bed and didn't talk. We're like, hi, I love you. I gotta go lay down. She went about her life. I went about mine. And we woke up like, you feel better? Yep. And like we went, we went about our days. And that sort of, there's an intimacy and there's a sweetness to choosing in. And we as a family have, this is not the first time we thought about, should we keep going with Beloved or should we not? This is about the fourth conversation we've had with that. What are we doing? What's our mission? What is the Lord asking of us? Do we want to do this? Can I lead? Do you have capacity? All of those hard conversations we chose into. When we hadn't, when Mark and Valley, Mark and Valley left, when I moved to Europe, when I came back, not knowing where I fit in this body, there was the question of, well, you're going to come home to Beloved, and then what does that look like? What do, are we doing? And so for as you all, I hope, will join a community group. I really, really do, because I think the greatest thing I've gained from this body as a whole is a family. I didn't expect, Shannon and I, this started off at a pool party at my house. Shannon was sitting on the edge of my pool, and she goes, we should have a retreat. And I was like, let's do it. And then Alex, <laughs> Shannon, and I went to Chipotle, and we planned a retreat at Chipotle on Colonial, and then she met with the Singletons. And the Lord moved through these seemingly nebulous moments, and it has transformed our lives forever. Um, just one last quick story. I came to Sophie's, which is another one of the Singleton's kids' graduation party. And I got there, one of my college best friends was with me. And Sophie goes, oh, hi. And I go, this is Meredith. And she shook her hand. I go, this is my best friend. She goes, oh, why am I shaking your hand? And she gave her a big hug. He's like, why didn't you start with that? And the fact that their family embraces my people as my, their family 
is the biggest thing. I, Annie's parents are my favorite people. Yes. And I look for them and I spent time with her dad. He's like, come up to Ohio. Like I've been invited into their home. And that to me, that is the opportunity of these groups of years of investment is lifelong, generations long impact. So choosing, um, it is so worthwhile. Yeah, you guys think that this is the end because I'm at the end of the road, but I'm actually gonna pass it back, so this is only halfway. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, Kay talked a lot about what we said yes to, and I'm actually gonna say what, what we said no to. Um, and what we said no to was uh, comfortability, our own lives, what we had known. We, we surrendered those things, and, and all the things that we talked about have been so healthy and so good, but wouldn't have happened if we didn't step outside of our comfort zone. Uh, and I'm gonna use scripture to back that up, so y'all can't refute me after this. So John 12, verse 24, says, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And we saw that directly in feedback uh, from the microphone. Uh, we saw that in both the beloved gatherings, but also in our own lives, how we've affected each other's lives, how it's even bled into, like Kay just said, like her parents invite us, her sister. I was in Ohio, I was like an hour away. She's like, oh my God, you can come stay with us. I was like, I've met you like one time. But that sounds awesome. Um, and anytime they're in town, it's, it's family and it goes deep. And so because it was intentional and because we grew deep, um, it was something that went wildly further than we ever thought possible. Um, and so it was just the willingness to say no to what we had known in hope of stepping into something even bigger than what I think we ever had uh, a premonition, an idea of what it could be. Um, just stepping into that unknown and trusting God with the in-between was, was something truly beautiful. So Greg and I just want to take a minute and we want to invite you to be with us in this. I think we're supposed to move forward now. Um, just want to spend time from my end and ask you to join us um, in thanking the Lord for what he's done. And then I'm going to pass it over to Greg, and um, he can spend some time in prayer praying over what is to be, because it really does feel a little bit like a passing of the baton. And I hope every one of you, like, grab the baton <laughs> today in that way. So will you pray with me, please? Precious Father, thank you for City Beautiful Church. Thank you for every person sitting in the seats this morning and those that will be here this evening and those that call this place home. It is truly home. It can't be home aside from you, so thank you. Thank you for our community. I wanna say thank you, Father, for using Beloved as a ministry for healing. I praise you and I stand here and I say as a witness of those things that you are mighty that your hand is moving and working in our community. Thank you for the praise and the worship that happened. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity for us to come together and to say, this is who we are. We say that you are real. We say that you're good. And come be with us. And thank you for joining us in all of those spaces, Lord. It was so evident that you were there. I just rest in who you are this morning. And I say that all these things are only possible because of you. 
And I thank you for who you are. And I thank you how you feel towards us. I thank you how you see us and how you want to bless us. So we praise you for beloved, and we thank you for that time, and we honor you in that, Father. Lord, I know I'm supposed to start with blessings, but I can't help but just start with gratefulness for what has been and what will always continue to be with this beloved group that you created. And Lord, I pray blessing on what you already know is going to happen in the weeks to come, in the months to come, in the years to come in groups in this church. I pray for individuals' lives that will be transformed, for relationships that will be born, relationships that exist that will be deepened. Thank you that that is the crux of us, is to know you, to love you, to receive your love, and then to love one another well. And Father, I just pray that whatever might be hindering an individual from stepping over or crossing that line, any apprehensions, anxiety, insecurities, God, that the Holy Spirit has the ability to flush those away today, I believe. But even if it takes time, Father, that that process would begin in this moment. That these groups and these homes, like Annie talked about, would be safe havens. Because we invite your spirit into those places. We pray a hedge of protection around these places and these people, your beloved people, the people that you love, that you call your own. Help us, Father, to treat that well and to love well. And we love you. You're a good Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, let's honor the beloved team by giving them a round of applause. Um, so as they said, we're kind of passing the baton, this kind of spiritual legacy on. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll pick it up. Uh, we're passing the spiritual legacy on from uh, the beloved ministry into our community groups, which is really kind of our next endeavor in, uh, in this kind of relational ministry. And so at the beginning of the year, we had these, uh, these large group gatherings where we were asking people who really consider this home this to be the family to come together uh, to talk about where we're at as a church community and where we're headed next. And uh, one of the most valuable things was really opening it up and saying, what resonates with you most? What do you need most? And there was this uh, overwhelming desire from all of you to say, we just, we want regular places to come together uh, and to connect on that deeper and more intentional level. And so that really began to, to shift our understanding of what we're doing with discipleship in our church uh, and to craft uh, these community, uh, these community groups that we're going to be launching um, over the next couple of weeks. So just while we're going on, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the philosophy behind these community groups, but you can actually sign up in your seat even right now while you're doing this. Just go to citybeautiful.ch slash community groups uh, and you'll find the sign up for that. So what Ryan was saying about uh, our community wanting, just yearning for this sense of being together is something that, that 
just covers all of Scripture, even from the very beginning of Scripture. It's something that was knit in us. And you can see that even in the Genesis, in the creation story, when God was creating man, when he created earth, when he created light, and he created water and earth, everything God created, even in all of that goodness, and when he said, uh, when he created man, he called it very good. In that creation story, we came across the very first ungood in Scripture. And it's when, he, when, when man was alone. Let that sink in. Like, everything was good except that man was alone. And so God then created woman so that man could commune with woman and both could commune with God. That was the original intent, is that humans would commune with each other with God. Now keep in mind, shortly after, we, we screwed that up pretty quick. But... God continues. It's his heart to continue to call us back to that original intent. We're supposed to call heaven down. We're supposed to call God's original intent down. And so throughout scripture, the story is always overlapping. It's God bringing us back to that original intent of us together communing with God. So we're going to be looking at one particular scripture um, that kind of really speaks to this so well, of especially Paul's vision for Christian community. And it's, uh, it's in Romans 12. You can turn there in your, if you bought your Bible, good for you. And if you didn't, it's going to be on the screen behind us. It's the 21st century. We can get there. But there's kind of three main ideas that we've extracted from this. And then the first one is this. And this is so much on my heart. I've been thinking about this a lot, especially this year, that to be a Christian is to live in Christian community. To be a Christian is to live in Christian community. There are so many messages in our modern society that speak about us being individuals, and that's about it. And we kind of interpret the world just through our individuality. And a lot of times we bring that into our faith. We say, well, it's, you know, it's really just going to be about me and Jesus, and Christians are really inconvenient people. And I don't really like that. You know, it's, there's, a, there's a quote. Sometimes it's applied to Gandhi, and sometimes it's applied to Mick Jagger. I guess they're both <laughs> on the same level. And it says, I really love your Christ, but I have a major problem with your Christians. You know, I, but we probably all have a major problem with Christians. But guess what? Part of the faith that we're called to is to do this together. Mm-hmm. And I, I do not believe that we can separate those things out. I don't believe that there is such a thing as just your personal relationship with Jesus. Because Jesus, in fact, calls us to be part of a family. He calls us to be part of a body. And to be obedient to Jesus is to be in Christian community. And guess what? That's the place where we really begin to be refined and transformed and where those little inconveniences of relationship in our lives actually begin to shape us. And I think that that Paul articulates it so beautifully in Romans. In verse 4, he begins like this. For just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So just like everyone has their own Enneagram number, their own Myers-Briggs type, their own spiritual gift, their own favorite Marvel superhero Marvel superheroes. JD loves superheroes. Um, everyone, it's, it's all knit together. Every Enneagram number um, does point to and serves the whole. It's not you are your own number, you are your own island. And just like in scripture, you, every body part is connected. And if it falls off, if it's not connected anymore, it no longer serves its intended purpose. Analogy is the eyes guide the hands that create the food. The hands lift the food up to the mouth. The mouth eats the food, and somehow my pinky toes are blessed. 
It's because everything operates together, and when it operates together in its intended purpose, everything receives the blessing. And so it's that willingness of, I know my part, and I choose into that part, so that not only I am healthy and good, but so is everything else. And that kind of brings us to our second point. An engaged community reveals the heart of Jesus in many ways. That it's when we all come together in this incredible diversity of the ways in which God's crafted us and, and gifted us that we begin to offer up our little perspective on what God is really like. We, we offer our image of God into the whole. And it's when we come together, it, it weaves this bigger tapestry or this bigger stained glass image of what God is really like. And so we need one another so that we can understand understand the fullness of what God's like. Can you imagine if you only had your personal experience of God to rely on? It'd be so limited. Uh, but God blesses us by putting us in relationship with all of these different people and their personalities and their gifts and their stories that begin to give us this bigger image of what God is really like. And we become blessed through that. So Paul continues on in verse six. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's in serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is in giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so that, that, that speaks to just knowing yourself and being willing to operate from that gift. If, if my keister wants to think, as sometimes people do, it's going to throw off the whole thing because my behind wasn't made to think. This was made to think. This was made to rest. Um, and so it's knowing what, what your role is, how to operate from that role and owning it and not trying to be something else uh, and, and then function out of, out of where your intended purpose was. And that brings us to our kind of final point. It's in devotion to Jesus and his community that we learn what love really means. I think it's, it's really, you know, I, I do pride myself in our community being able to love well, but I think it's more true that it's our commitment to one another to discover what love is. That's the goal. That's the place we're trying to arrive. And so, yeah, sometimes we bump around in the dark with that. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult. But it's our common commitment to one another to pursue, to say, I want to discover what love really looks like, and I'm committing to doing it with this group of people. So Paul goes on in verse 9. He says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So Jesus' call for all of us is to be invested in his people. Because what Jesus is saying to each one of you is, I'm going to reveal who I really am and what my love really looks like through the people that you live life with on a daily basis. And that requires each of us to kind of surrender our assumptions of what love really means and to allow Jesus to define what love really means. I think that's a scary thing. You know, over the past month, I, I saw these two phrases. I saw one online, this kind of ad on the side of a, of a, um, a webpage that I was on. It said, love has no labels. And I, that, I paused and I thought about that for a second because that's what I do. I'm very suspicious of things. I'm like, what, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to do to me? What are you pushing on me? What are you advertising? <laughs> 
And I was thinking about that. Love has no labels. I'm like, that feels really good, right? That feels like a phrase. It's like, oh my gosh, yes. If we could just get rid of labels and everything's just more open, we'll be more loving. And then I thought about like, my, my friend Maddox, who's four and a half years old. And then I thought about my mom. And then I thought about like, my potential future wife, you know? And I'm like, I, mm, I kind of want my love to have labels. You know what I mean? I think maybe that's sometimes when we get in trouble, when love doesn't have labels, when we think it's about as open a definition as possible is the, most, the best way that we can love. And I saw another shirt the other day this person had that said, love is love. And I thought, again, what does that mean? What is that? Because like a sandwich is just a sandwich, you know, a sandwich is a sandwich. That's a true and accurate statement. But if we knew what that meant, then we wouldn't still be in this debate about whether or not hot dogs are sandwiches or not. Raise your hand if you think a hot dog is a sandwich. Nobody? We're not in that argument anymore. There's Guys, we've made it. Bread? We've made it. And so we're surrounded by these phrases in our culture that are, I think are a genuine attempt to define what love really is. But I think so many of them, they're intended to make us feel good, and they're intended to make us byproducts. But as Christians, we allow Jesus to define what love is. And we go again to 1 John, he says, this is how we know what love is, mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ laid down his life for sinners. And as Christians, that's our starting point. Mm -hmm. And it's from that point that we begin to work it out in real time, in community, to discover what is love as defined by God as defined by Jesus on the cross. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we weren't given this go and do. It, uh, there was somebody in my life that always said, uh, do what I say, not what I do. Jesus wasn't like that. He said, I, I showed you the way, now go and replicate it. Um, so to recap, Romans 12, we are one body. We all have gifts, and we're supposed to do something with our gifts. We are called to sacrificial love and a pursuit of unity, and we're called towards a, ra a radical hospitality of inviting each other in to our bubbles. There are, there are no bubbles. Jesus doesn't have a bubble. If Jesus had a bubble, that'd be really weird, and a lot of us treat Jesus like a bubble. Oh, I did that thing wrong. I got to get out your bubble until I'm clean, then I can come back in your bubble. Um, but, but there is no distance. There are no barriers. And so understanding that and pursuing that in its truest form means we, don't, we can't look at the way the world um, says that we should. Because even in the beginning of Romans, we didn't include it, but it bears repeating. Don't conform to the world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your minds. My brother-in-law is not here, so I can use him as a reference. When I said that to him, he's a new Christian, and he's like, wait, 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 wait. That means brainwashing, right? It's like, ooh, brainwashing doesn't feel good. But yes, yes, um, it means I, I choose to wash whatever muddy mind I currently have to take on something new. So we are submitting ourselves in agreement that we are one body to the ideas, to the heart of Jesus, not to our own heart, not to our own minds. Um, and, and remembering, like, guys, give yourself some grace. The first two people that walked this earth muddied it up. And so all we're doing is saying, okay, like we give ourselves grace in that and we're trying to come back from that. So let's keep trying. Last week when Ryan was preaching, the thing that hit my heart is community is fragile, but it's also long suffering. So let that sink in. We, we want time with each other. We want connectivity. We're just figuring out what that continues to look like. And every church is different. So some of you, 
I'm speaking to my twos and my sevens probably, are like, yeah, let's do it. I'm in. Others are like, mmm, this church, another church, I've done this thing. It felt messy. I didn't like it. I don't trust it. It sounds like something I've heard before. Or somebody else is like, I've, I've got my own people. I'm too busy. I don't, got my, I don't have time for this stuff. All of those things, like we honor those things. We honor the amped vision. We honor the fear. That's real. We've hurt each other. And it's our part to put on the hearts of Jesus and to continue to reach out and be the tangible heart of Jesus saying, hey, I know you've been hurt in the past. I know I may have hurt you in the past, but I'm trying to redeem that. I'm trying to make a new story. Anytime you want, you can always receive the new story of Jesus, the new redemption of God, the new heaven that comes down. And then we're moving into that. And then there are some of you who, I already have enough people in my life. I don't have time for extra people. That's great. Does anything we've said fit how you're currently living your life? Or can you implement that? Because we're not necessarily saying, hey, overload yourself with community. Have healthy community. Have healthy relationships. Dig in deep. The thing that we talked about here will forever. I know what ride or die means because of the people that sat up here. That was real. That was so good. And if you don't have your ride or die people, if you don't have that deep community, what we've been talking about and the things that we said, Scripture, Paul talks about this. Jesus talks about this. We've been hammering Acts 2. Acts 2 talks about this. And there's something in your hearts that's like, yes. So whether it's like, yes, unabashed, unafraid, yes. Or whether it's, yes, but maybe. Own that. So the, the worship team is going to come up. Ryan's going to cast some vision for the next couple minutes. And, and just own, own your reality, own your story, and allow the Holy Spirit to move through it. So let's, um, let's all stand together. And we're going we're gonna to have kind of two opportunities for prayer. Um, the first is that we're going to um, just, just invite the Lord um, to speak to each one of us about where, where, where do we currently stand? Where are our individual hopes and dreams, our fears and anxieties when it comes to choosing into deeper relationship uh, with Christian community, with the body of Christ? You know, I think one of the times things that we often hit is to say, well, I'm afraid this thing's going to cost me. And it is. Well, guess what? Everything in life costs you. It's just what it's going to produce in you when you're diligent to stick through it. So I just want to invite you to close your eyes. Um, you can put your hands out in front of you. And I'm just going to pray that, that the Holy Spirit, we're going to give him permission to move and just to speak to each one of us and to kind of, to be able to name our deepest desires to name our, de our deepest fears and for him to begin uh, to highlight those things and to choose to move in them. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that one of the ways that you're choosing to rescue us is through putting us in relationship with other people that are on the journey. Um, that none of us, we're, not only are we not designed to do it alone, we're actually incapable of doing it alone because you've created us for community. Because God, even within yourself, you're this beautiful example of community, Father and Son and Holy Spirit. And you've built us, you've designed us, you've wired us for that as well. And so, Father, would you send your Holy Spirit right now to alight upon each of your dear ones here. Wherever we're at in our journey, however confident we are of being able to hear your voice, and would you begin to speak to each one of us 
about our deepest desires for that connection, for our deepest anxieties and fears when it comes to choosing in of what it's going to cost us. And we ask that you would minister to us, that you would bring some healing in those places, especially, Lord, of disappointment in relationship or disillusionment when it comes to being part of a Christian community. Um, Lord, give us the hope and the resilience to continually choose to say yes because we know that this is ultimately what you've called us to. So Father, we give you permission to do and to speak whatever you desire in this space right now. Follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.